The King is coming. Amen. It's awesome. Good morning again. It is awesome to see everybody this morning. Um, it is Christ the King Sunday, or Reign of Christ Sunday. And um, I am so glad that he's my king and he's in charge. I've had people come up to me this morning and talk about how cold it was and blame me. I'm a missionary, not a manager. Again, it'd be warm all the time if it's up to me, and uh, and chocolate would be a fruit. <laughs> Asparagus would be bad for you. But praise the Lord, I'm not in charge, but I know who is. And and this morning, I want us to celebrate that uh, that promise, that fact that Jesus is in charge and He is on the throne. I want to start by reading some scriptures. I'm going to read from Luke 23, and I'm going to read verses 33 through 43. When they came to the place that is called the skull, they crucified Jesus there with the criminals, one on his right and one on his left. Then Jesus said, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they're doing. And they cast lots to divide his clothing. And the people stood by watching. But the leaders scoffed at him, saying, He saved others. Let him save himself, if he's the Messiah of God, the chosen one. The soldiers also mocked him, coming up and offering him sour wine. And saying, If you are the king of the Jews, save yourself. There was also an inscription over him. This is the king of the Jews. One of the criminals who were, were hanged there kept deriding him and saying, Are you not the Messiah? Save yourself and us. But the other rebuked him, saying, Do you not fear God, since you are under the same sentence of condemnation? And we indeed have been condemned justly, for we are getting what we deserve for our deeds, but this man has done nothing wrong. Then he said, Jesus... Remember me when you come into your kingdom. He replied, Truly I tell you, today you will be with me in paradise. And this is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for, for this word, Lord. Just thank you for, for sending your, your son, Lord, to... Um, to save us from, from what we deserve. Lord, I just pray that uh, as we look at the scripture, Lord, that uh, your words flow through me. And Lord, anyone who's here or listening online, Lord, they receive the message that it's from you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Again, it is Christ the King Sunday. Next week's Advent. I can't believe next week's Advent. I mean, it's just, it's happened really fast. Um, one of the things that I discounted when I was younger was when people would tell me, when you get older, man, time really moves fast. But it does, doesn't it? It, it sure does. Um, but this morning, I want to tell you about a, a, a risen king, a king who was, um, was crucified for us. A king who came, and he's not exactly what we expected, or what the people expected, but a king that we much needed. And I want to talk about 
the two people also who was crucified with him. I want to talk about his grace and mercy. I want to quote Jim Cimbala. He says that everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. No one is beyond God's grace. No situation anywhere on earth is too hard for God. So as we go through this lesson, I want you to think about the grace that God has shown in your life. The mercy. And the reason why Jesus came to earth. You see, Jesus had no intention of saving himself that day on the cross. He knew why he came. He knew his purpose. And he came to save us. And that's exactly what he did. You see, Jesus is the perfect model of a servant leader. I don't know how many books have been written on leadership. How many books have been written on leadership? But Jesus lived the perfect model for a servant leader. He lived a life on earth that if we're a leader, that we should try to emulate every day. You see, today's leaders of business, government, education, and the church need to learn about the principles that Jesus taught us while he was here. And as disciples of Jesus Christ, we're also called to emulate these these attributes of Jesus. But what is a servant leader? Sometimes uh, we get things backwards. You know, when Jesus came, the people of that day expected somebody who was going to deliver them from their oppression. Somebody who was going to deliver them from their physical needs. But you see, Jesus came for something much more important. He came not only to deliver us from some physical needs, but he came to deliver us from our spiritual from the spiritual problems that we're bound in. Those things that are eternal. Those things that last forever. But again, it's hard for us to think in that way because we're human beings. For example, the gospel, in the gospel, Mark, James, and John asked Jesus if they could be the one to sit at the right and the left when he came to glory. And Jesus said, you know that those who are regarded, regarded as rulers of the Gentiles lord over them. And their high officials exercise authority over them. Not so with you. Again, we're called to be leaders, but we're called to be servants. Have you ever had a boss that just lorded over you? It may have been a micromanager that just wanted to be, that wouldn't let you do your job. It may have been a control freak. You see, I've had those type bosses, and, and we may have some of them now in our lives. But the thing about it is, to be a true leader... To be a true leader, you should lead by example. You should lead by serving others. You see, Jesus said, whoever wants to become great among you must be your servant. And whoever wants to be first must be a slave to all. For the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. That's why Jesus didn't take himself from the cross. He did it for us. He did it for the thieves that were on the cross with him. He did it for the people who were crucified him. But he did it for us also. You see, what... That's kind of a radical departure of what so many of us see as leadership. Again, we see as leaders, we see as kings, as somebody we're supposed to, to serve. And we are called to serve Christ, but in turn, he serves us. He gives us way more than we deserve. You see, the kingdom of heaven is so great 
and lasts so long that we can't imagine it. We can't imagine it. I mean, again, Jesus came, Jesus came, died, and left himself on the cross, and then rose again for our sins, for our eternal needs. But sometimes we get things backward. We live in a society where the louder you say it, the more you say it, and the more direct you are with people, it's got to be true. We live in a world where it says that nice guys have to finish last. You see, that's not always true. Some of the best leaders I've ever had in my life have been the most kind, caring people who led by example. You see, Jesus, while he walked on the earth, gave us this example, but also as he hung on the cross, he actually prayed for those who were killing him. He prayed for those who were making fun of him. He said, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they're doing. You see, the grace and the love and the understanding of our Lord Jesus Christ is unbelievable. It's exceedingly great. It's more than we can imagine. You see, it's hard enough for us to forgive someone who unknowingly cuts us off in traffic. Happened to me the uh, the other day. Actually, I think I cut them off. I'm not sure. I was after a Tennessee ball game, and traffic was there. And I'm in this little car that I'm driving, and I'm, I'm wanting to get out of the parking garage because I want I'd rather sit in the line with everybody else in, on the road than there. So I just kind of nudged in there, and Abby says, "I don't think he's going to let you in." I said, "Well, I believe he will," <laughs> and he did. Rod, do you remember this? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Got real quiet in my car for a little bit because I thought, you know, I probably shouldn't have done that. And the guy gave me a little gesture. <laughs> gesture, And I'm thinking, man, I shouldn't have done that. I should have been a little bit nicer to him. So I tried to wave and give a thumbs up. And it didn't work. It didn't calm him down. He's still saying something to me. I couldn't hear him. But I could read a little bit of sign language. I knew what he thought. You see, that's kind of the world we live in, where we just kind of take our place. We're not used to serving other people. Sometimes it's foreign for us to do that, especially people we don't like or we don't agree with or or somebody that's wronged us. It's very difficult. It's very, very difficult to help somebody who's and to forgive somebody who's not been real kind to us. But Jesus does it right there. While he's still suffering, he asks the Father to forgive him. Jesus forgave those who were putting him to death. The ones that were dividing his clothes up. The ones who were mocking him. That's who Jesus died for. Forgiveness is available to all of us. They said, he saved others, let him save himself if he's the Christ of God, the chosen one. You see, the fact is, Christ is the chosen one. He is the chosen. And the only way we can be reconciled with the Father is through a relationship with Him. The only way that we can have our sins washed away, the only way we can be in a relationship is by knowing that Jesus Christ is our Savior, and He did this for us. You see, Jesus declared in John chapter 10, My command is this, Love each other as I've loved you. Greater love has no one than this, that he laid down his life for his friends. 
You see, Jesus has commanded, commanded us to love each other. To love each other. You see, the true test of a servant leader is that he, can, he or she can serve by example. It's exactly what Jesus did. It's exa- exactly what Jesus is doing now. You see, the servant leader must put away, put away his own needs sometimes for the needs of others. Must put his needs behind other people's. And a good example of this while Jesus was here was when, in the Gospel of John, when he took off his outer clothing, wrapped a towel around his waist, and he began to wash the disciples' feet. Foot washing in that day was a nasty job. It was usually left to the most low servant. Peter told him, said, hey, Lord, you can't do this to me. You shall never wash my feet. But Jesus said, unless I wash you, you have no part with me. Unless we let Jesus serve us, again, we can't have that relationship with the Father. We have to submit to what Jesus is doing in our lives. And in turn, we have to show that same grace, mercy to everybody we meet. After Jesus told Peter this, he said, not just my feet, but my hands and my head as well. He wanted to be cleansed by the Savior, every part of his body. You see, when Jesus pointed out to Peter, it didn't take him long to change his tune. You see, a servant leader is a leadership without ego. A servant leader is unselfish and is the example that Jesus called his followers to be. John chapter 13, Jesus says, You call me teacher and Lord, and rightly so, for that I am. Now that I am your Lord and teacher and have washed your feet, you also should wash one another's feet. I've set an example that you should do as I've done for you. Jesus called all of us, all of us who take the name of Christian, who put the title Lord and Savior on Jesus, he called us all to serve each other. He called us all to serve each other. How are we doing at this? You know, how are we doing? Again, we, we're, we're blessed to be a part of a loving church, a loving community where we like to serve each other. We like to do mission work. And that's a wonderful thing. I, I've been to churches that were not as big on missions and, and helping each other as we are here. But in 1 Peter 5, Peter gives us seven steps to becoming a servant leader. The first step is found in verse 2. He instructs us to tend the flock of God that is in your charge, exercising the oversight, not under compulsion, but willingly, as God would have you do, not for sordid gain, but do it eagerly. And then step two is found in verse three. It says, do not lord over those in your charge, but be examples to the flock. And when the chief shepherd appears, you will win the crown of glory that never fades away. The third step is found in the fifth verse. It says, in the same way, you are young, you who are younger must accept the authority of the elders. And all of you must clothe yourself with humility in the dealings with one another. For God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Humble yourself. The fourth step is in the sixth verse. It says, humble yourself, therefore, 
under the mighty hand of God, so that he may exalt you in due time. And then the fifth step is found in the seventh verse. It says, cast your anxiety on him because he cares for you. Step six is discipline yourselves. Keep alert. Like a roaring lion, your adversaries, the devil, will prowl around looking for someone to devour. The seventh step is resist him. Be steadfast in your faith. For you know that your brothers and sisters in all the world are undergoing the same kinds of suffering. Again, that's found in 1 Peter 5. You see, Jesus modeled that servant leadership so well. He did it while he walked the earth. He also did it on the cross. He modeled it to perfection because he is perfect. You see, the scripture it says that they hung a sign above his, hand, above his head that says, This is the king of the Jews. You see, the sign, it was intended to mock the Jewish authorities and to mock Christ's claim. But it's an ironic inscription that in the very charges against Jesus actually proclaimed his deity and honor. You see, Jesus is the king of the Jews. Jesus is the king of the world. He is our only way to salvation. You see, Jesus Christ is God. He's our Lord. He's our King. He's our servant King who came to give himself as a ransom for us. What a mighty Savior. And again, while he's been crucified, he's crucified in between two criminals. Two criminals. One kept hurling insults at him. One hurling insults. And then the second was talking to the other and said, We are punished justly, for we're getting what we deserve. But this man's done nothing wrong. And then he said, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. Jesus, remember me. That's a thief on the cross. That's somebody who's been crucified for things they've done wrong. Again, I, I don't understand fully Jesus' grace. But I know at that moment that Jesus forgave the man beside him. Jesus answered him and said, I'll tell you the truth. Today you will be with me in paradise. Today you'll be with me in paradise. And again, that thief admitted that he was being punished justly, but asked Jesus to have mercy on him. You see, he humbled himself... And confessed his sin before Christ. None of us are worthy of Christ's grace. None of us are worthy of his mercy. We've all done things to condemn us. But thank God Jesus did come and live a perfect life. And he hung on the cross. And was tortured for us. He was dead. He was buried. But praise God the third day he rose again. And he's sitting at the right hand of God the Father. And he's in control today. Again, I'm glad he is. I'm glad he is. Because if it wasn't for him, I would be condemned. If it wasn't for my relationship with with, with him, I wouldn't be saved. But because what Jesus has done, when we ask him to save us, he does. When we recognize that he is the son of God. 
He is the, our way to salvation. He is the perfect model of a servant leader. And he is our servant king. He's willing to forgive us. See, if you haven't done so already, are you willing, to, through faith, to follow Christ's example? You see, it's our choice. It's our choice. And if you look at the, the criminals on the cross, they each made a choice. One was made to, uh, one made the choice to uh, keep throwing insults at him and not to accept his saving grace. The other one says, Jesus, forgive me. Show me your grace and mercy. He said, Jesus, remember me. Again, those choices are the same for us this morning. We can keep turning away, turning away and not accepting Christ's grace and his love. Or we can ask the King of Kings to remember us. And I pray if there's anyone here this morning that hasn't made that decision, or anyone that's listening that hasn't made that decision, that you ask Jesus to remember you. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, again, just thank you so much for, uh, for all that you do in our lives, Lord. Thank you for sending Jesus to be our perfect example of a servant leader. Lord, thank you most of all for sending him to save me. To save each of us. Lord, on that cross, he died for us, each individually. And he died for the whole world collectively. Lord, I just pray that uh, if there's anyone here, anyone listening that does not know you, Lord, they, they choose to enter that relationship today. In Jesus' name, amen.